Hi guys and welcome back to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. This episode is a little different. I'm joined by Sevi, who is a long-time mentor of mine. We are talking all about balance of the mindset. Kind of, you know, when we are in these crazy stages of our lives where we're trying to work really hard and hustle, and how do we really balance that out? You know, it all comes down to honestly the self and how you are going to deal with the stresses, the hard work, and, you know, maintaining whatever lifestyle you want to maintain. It it can be a lot. And honestly, it is something I have dealt with a lot. I have stressed, I have struggled, I have cried, and Sevi has been there for me through it all. So what better person to talk about mindset and balance than Sevi? So please welcome Sevi to the podcast. (laughs) So you want to be an egg girl? Welcome back to Confessions of a Wannabe at Girl Today. I'm joined by a dear friend and mentor, Sevi Mangrum. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Yes, thank you so much, Marley. It's a true honor and treat to be here uh, for many reasons. Uh, first and foremost, of just witnessing and watching your journey for uh, seeing all your growth and development Aww. and uh, kind of already intuiting that this was something that was going to happen before you even knew it. So Wait, what? It's a Tell treat me more. To be a guest on your. <laughs> Well, no, I just, you know, I kind of, I knew, I knew that, I knew that this was something that you were going to create because I knew that you had, you know, you had things to share and a big voice to share as oh. you, you know, navigated life as a young woman in college and really, you know, uh, specializing in, you know, movement, uh, having a dance major and then, you know, really fine tuning and understanding what your heart really desired. And that was, you know, getting into, you know, acting and shifting those gears, but using, oh. you know, your understanding understanding of uh, dance and the arts in a, in a new framework. And so, yeah, it just made sense that you were going to share a story uh, of your, you know, your understanding of what it's like to be a young woman, what it's like to be a young woman in uh, the entertainment industry, living in Los Angeles and all the things that come with that. And having a podcast just felt like something that was an obvious um, at some point in time, in my my mind and in my heart. No, I'm serious. So, oh, I love that. Yeah, no, it was definitely a long time coming. So, thank you. Thank you for saying that. So, okay, tell I mean, I know because I I, we met when I was a sophomore in college, but tell us what you do and how you got to LA. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think it's a cool distinction as well in relation, not to go too deep on this, but uh, a cool distinction to make for people that are listening in on this podcast is. You know, what you do is not who you are, even though oftentimes we can associate with what we do is who we are. And there are parts of who you are that you bring into what you do. So, you know, what I do is I coach, but who I am is, you know, uh, very vast. You know, Mm -hmm. I am an empath. I'm a lover. I am a you know, a philosopher. I am a, you know, uh, one that loves and gets so much desire and connection and excitement from movements, you know, so, so uh, who I am infuses into what I do. And so mm-hmm. what I do is I coach people to, you know, empower themselves and to bring more peace and ease and balance and harmony in their lives. So that's kind of like the like broad brushstroke of what it is that I do, mm-hmm. uh, how deep 
uh, you're wanting me to go is is up to you. You, want, <laughs> you know, are there, is there specificity in uh, what it is that I do that you'd like for me to unpack further beyond mm. just that, like, you know, I'm a coach in the health space do you want me to Ooh, dive yeah. deeper into that Talk or is there a the uh, health a shift? the wellness and like the mentality that goes with it that you do great yeah that's that's a wonderful question so yeah you know we as human beings are, are three-dimensional creatures right we have mm-hmm. you know a physical body we have an emotional body we have a mental body we have a spiritual body right and most people really only tap into fine-tuning the physical body, right? Because Mm. that, again, is so much of what society drills us with, right? You have to look a certain way. And speaking to a lot of the listeners that you have on this podcast, a lot of people are thinking about, like, how do I become that, you know, want to be it girl? How do I become that person? And so much of it is... um, is physical, but we're missing a lot of these other elements. And the physical expression of who we are is very, um, as I call it, it's like low-hanging fruit. We we know and we're given a lot of guidelines how to improve or evolve your physical body. And that's something that you and I began our journey with, with right. uh, helping you evolve your physical body, right? Mm-hmm. Helping you to become a better dancer, helping you become more lean and toned and, and you know, all the things that are both performance related, but then also aesthetic related as well. And that's important, but you're also, when you're only focusing on that one thing, you miss out on so much of the evolution that we as human beings are capable of. And so one of the things that you and I have really dove deeper into as we've evolved our relationship and you've been ready, willing, and able to step into some of the higher hanging fruit or other realms of, um, you know, expansiveness and of the full spectrum human experience is evolving the mental being, the mental part of the human experience. And so uh, that's one thing that I really, you know, help people, support people in is really getting their minds in a way that, um, you know, shifting and reframing the mental framework so that you can have more bandwidth to do the things that you want to do so that you can step into the things that you want to do and doing it with more of a clear mind or a mind that is connected to, um, how can I say, one of more workability, right? Because if your mind is telling you, oh, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, this, that, and the other, because the body doesn't do that. The body doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. It's the mind that creates a narrative story that says, oh, well, c- in comparison to these other girls, I'm not pretty enough. Or, you know, in comparison to the, you know, skills of some of these actresses that have been doing it for five, 10 years now, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. That's just a bullshit narrative that a lot of people create in their minds due to a handful of different reasons, which could be a podcast in and of itself. But the fact of the matter is, is we create these narratives in our mind that are told by us, but through someone else's perspective and through someone else's self-limiting beliefs, someone else's, you know, uh, shortcomings or, you know, self-imposed weaknesses. So one of the things that you and I have worked on a lot and, you know, a really important element, especially in today's day and age is Mm -hmm. really mental health. Mental health is so important. And the way to improve your mental health is by reframing 
and breaking down old narratives that you've told yourself for however long that might be. So that's just kind of like one little piece and we can get into like the uh, emotional and spiritual health as well. But uh, the mindset is a really, really big thing that, um, that needs a lot of refining for pretty much everybody. Right. See, that was something I was going to say. I was like, well, people in their, I would say 20s to like mid 30s. I don't know. Maybe it goes on your whole life. Sometimes get really lost in the struggle of you know, what is work-life balance and what is, you know, how hard do I need to work to get the things that I want? And, but then even so working hard sometimes doesn't just get you there. So it's like, why do you think that when you're in your twenties, we'll just say in your twenties, that people struggle so much with finding the balance between all the moving elements of hard work, health, sleep, social life, whatever. Why is it so hard? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And I think that I'll express one thing before I specifically answer that. And Go that is, I think that all human beings, regardless of age, struggle or try to navigate creating balance and harmony in their life between all of the different areas, social, personal, work, family, you know, there's a lot of different things that we juggle in our, in our human experience. I do think though, that those that are in their twenties struggle with it more because they haven't built up enough skills and self-awareness to realize what is really, truly important in their lives. Now, it's not to say like, you know, at a certain age, all of a sudden you abandon your profession and you fully go into your social life and your family and this, that, and the other. Mm. To be honest, I think most people are totally imbalanced and especially in American culture, because we have a culture of, you know, working harder is, is better, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the, it's the rat race, right? I mean, the, that whole term was and came from, you know, American culture, right? It's like, do whatever it takes to get the outcome, to get the goal, to get the money, to get the accolades, to get right. the success. And what happens is, you know, most people that are, especially in their early 20s, because you've just, you know, gotten yourself out of college. So now you're in the working world and whatever field it is that you're in, you're trying to like climb up that ladder, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, finance industry or the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. like you're in or health and wellness industry. You know, I'm I'm a mid early to mid 30 year old and I'm still working on finding the balance. And I'm the person that helps people find their balance, you know? So um, it's something very specific about those that are in their early twenties between usually the age of 21 to 25 post-college navigating what it's like to have a real job to like start really uh, you know, fine tuning and stepping into your career path and your passion. Hopefully you even have a passion because mm-hmm. again, most people that get out of college, they went and they studied a major that they didn't really like, but they thought it would make them a lot of money or their father was a doctor. So then they got into their, you know, um, you know, their, uh, process of becoming, you know, a PhD or a surgeon, you know, whatever right. that might look like. They're actually not even doing something that they truly love. They just think that it's the right thing to do based upon societal pressures, cultural mm-hmm. pressures, family pressures, things of this nature. So regardless of what path you're in and regardless of whether you found your passion or not, you're going to be trying to 
do everything that it takes once you've got out of college to work your way up that ladder of that career path. So I think that that's why a lot of people in their early uh, 20s struggle with balance because they've been fed this thing of like, you know, you're already in college, likely, you know, going, having sleepless nights, mm-hmm. you're partying a bunch, so you're socializing, but you're also not really taking good care of your health generally. And even if you are taking good care of your health, it's usually for either vanity reasons or it's for, you know, if you're like a, you know, collegiate athlete, like you being a dancer, like you're trying to like, you know, do the physical things so that you can be the best dancer you can be. People oftentimes are not taking their physical health, their mental, usually their physical health. We'll start off Mm -hmm. with that as a way in which to become a better person right? They're doing it to either look good or to be able to perform well or to get to a certain outcome. It's usually often having a, um, you know, an injury that gets you to kind of like step back and go, oh, now I'm going through physical therapy or rehab to get to an outcome so that my body functions better, right? Right. And so anyways, I don't want to go too far off the tangent, but back to the balance point of, you know, most young people are, you know, going from a four year college experience where they're not living in balance, they're fluctuating in extremes, right? So, you know, eating junk food, drinking coffee, doing whatever it is that they need to stay up to get their exams, you know, their papers done, study for their exam, then they get very little sleep. And then they go into like, you know, uh, you know, maybe taking an Adderall or, uh, you know, uh, Ritalin or something to like get them to focus in on their study and passing that exam. So you're already at an imbalanced state by way of what's happening internally in the body and then also in the mind. Because you're essentially, especially if you're very driven and you have a type A personality, you're creating a competition within Mm -hmm. yourself against everyone else. And that's what most of the school system does too. They put everyone in competition. You know, who's going to be the valedictorians? Who's going to like get the honors? Who's going to be in the eight classes? So it's already pitting people against each other, which is not a balanced society. It's it's me versus them, right? And so that's like really not conducive. So once you get out of college, you're already super depleted and exhausted, right? Mm-hmm. So you're trying to catch up on sleep, but you can't because you're trying to get into your career path right. and get up and try to educate yourself as much as possible and, you know, and, you know, do all the other additional things that come with, you know, those early years of being in whatever field it is that you're in. Well, and then on top of it, I'm curious what you think. I mean, I think I know what you think about it, but on top of it, I think people of this wide generation have really short patience. Like we do not have patience for anything. So like you think like, oh, I'm just going to work so hard so I can get whatever career moment I want right now. And like the patience is just so short. I don't want to just cop out and say it's just because of social media. There's no way it's just because of social media, but we're so in an instant life that like, you know, you had all these instantly cool things, right? When you went to college, then you get out of uh, college, you're like, okay, where's my instantly great career? Right. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you you nailed it on the head. There's a, vi- a very big correlation with patience and balance because mm-hmm. you have to be patient to practice the things that bring you into balance. And yeah, I mean, you're very right. I mean, we live in a very much so in the advent of the evolution of the te- of technology and then therefore the internet, mm-hmm. we live in instant application in, in so many ways. I mean, we did 
even before the internet was around. Like, you know, back when, you know, prohibition ended and alcohol was introduced, like you want to change your state? Oh, guess what? You can go down to the watering hole, the bar and get a drink. And all of a sudden, boom, you're in a different state, right? right. And we've been doing that for ages. But the evolution of technology and then the age of the internet has like, expedited it like a hundred times the like mode of impatience mm -hmm. right so it's like you know you, you don't need to wait to get home after going on a flight to watch a movie you can watch a movie on your flight right you can watch uh, it on your phone forget waiting to get on the ground yeah you just, well, that's what i'm yeah, saying exactly like, you don't have to wait that's for like, anything it's, it's insane yeah and i'm not against technology but technology with as many solutions as it has provided us it's provided us with a lot of problems especially when it comes to mental health right i mean i think that there's even things written about like how the uh mental health issues that come from comparison through what you see on facebook and instagram it has like a whole new category of like of um language in relation to diagnosing like someone's wow. mental health issue like that's that's wild and so yeah i think that like again we see all these different things and so when we get out of college we expect that you know uh eighty thousand dollar a hundred thousand dollar a year you know mm -hmm. salary 21 22 year old you know and it doesn't help us that like we glorify youth we glorify youth so much so it's like young people are like i just put this four years of education in and i did this that and the other and like everyone wants a a young hot sexy new uh you know um strategic uh marketing person or right. actress or this that and the other and it's like no i can just all of a sudden be the like hot new person on the scene and it's like it doesn't work that way like you have to pay your dues right. you know and you know, and so, and, and then that also can lead to having to pay your dues of pushing people to like work even harder. Um, and that's, again, there's, there's a lot of non-workability in that, but there's a fine line, right? Because you want to be someone that works hard and expects nothing as opposed to someone that expects everything and then therefore doesn't work hard because there's nothing, there's no workability in that, right. but there's no workability in the other one because these are the two extremes, right? Mm -hmm. We live, Marley, we live in a world, unfortunately, that glamorizes extremes extremes. Right. And that needs to, and that's part of my mission is to, is to rip down the extremes and bring people back into balance where it's like, okay. And you and I have talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to really focus in on this certain area of education within my career and passion of acting. And while I do that, I'm educating myself. I'm not educating, educating myself to the point in which I'm not still going out for auditions and mm -hmm. using all the education that I've developed over the last however many years, I'm going to have now spaciousness from my education to still make sure that I am going out on auditions, right? So I'm not going like crazy where I've got like mm -hmm. three different educations that I'm in all at once. And I, I don't even have any time to like go and do an audition now, right? right. It's I've got just enough education where I'm still flexing that acting muscle, mm -hmm. but then right as I have that, I can then also still go on an audition, on, on an audition, mm -hmm. but I'm not taking too many auditions to the point where I'm not still learning and growing. Right. And I'm not doing much of either to the point in which I'm sacrificing my movement practice, my mindfulness, my healthy eating, my rest and recovery, right? All the pillars, right? Mm -hmm. Movement optimization and recovery, which you all, which you know so well, um, so that you're not, you know, uh, letting go of those things too. So again, kind of coming back is that patience is developed 
as you get older and mm -hmm. as you start to find the balance of navigating the extremes. But the key is, is that you have to understand what extremes feel like and what they, what, what, how you uh, function in them to find balance, right? right? So you have to hit the extremes on both sides before you find balance. Which for some people, you know, doesn't come right when you're 21. You haven't been through all the extremes. Like I definitely hadn't. And while I never thought about what you just said, like you want all, we glorify being young. So you want all those things when you're young, you're like, you have to have it now. I'm, And I think about it all the time. I'm like, always say, well, I just, you know, I have to have that career now so I can do this later. And it's like, wait, what? I've never really caught the fact that it's because I'm trying to catch myself having the career I want when I'm young, because the truth is I'm just probably very impatient. You know, it's great. It's really crazy to think about how little time goes by when you're not patient and how quick it probably flies by when you're very patient. Um, it, yeah, it's just very interesting that we're so stuck on having it right now instead of spending more time balancing. I always have this picture in my head of a clown and you know, the clowns, they hold like sticks with plates spinning on them. You've got all the different plates spinning, you know, you've got career, you've got family, you've got social life, like spinning over here. And like, when you're not patient, you can't keep any of the plates up. But maybe if you add a little bit of patience, you can you can balance these spinning clown plates a little bit better. But we're so stuck on it. And I want to go back to something you said earlier. And it, you kind of said uh, the American society is so stuck on like hard work will get you there. Hard work will get you there. And I, I literally think of like the meme culture of like hustle so hard until you make your haters like be your fans. And it's like very triggering to be completely honest. It's something I've really struggled with, like being like, I am working so hard and not getting anywhere, blah, 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 negative space. But then seeing that meme and it's being totally reinforced into it. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. like, it does, like, is it, is it a society thing? Is it this society? Why are we so obsessed with the hustle mentality here? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it is American culture, American society, mm. um, you know, because like, I mean, again, you could, this could be unpacked so deeply, but it's like, you know, so many people come here to live the dream. Right. right. And again, America is the land of the free, right? It's like you're free to, uh, you know, choose whatever it is you want, whatever path you want, you know, whatever. I mean, well, to a certain degree, I think some of those things are starting to be taken away, but that's for another another conversation. But the point is that, you know, we we as Americans are like, oh my God, if I have like a dream, like mm. oh, I have to do everything that I possibly can right. to materialize it. And, and, and again, I'm I'm blessed. I'm totally blessed to be an American. I would never, I wouldn't want to be born in every other, any other country, raised in any other country, in any other country. It's a, it's a, it's a, a blessing. And also there are a lot of things about uh, American culture that are very off. Mm. And this, yeah, again, this hustle so hard. So you make your haters become your fans type thing is like, right. it's, so, it's so backwards because again, it's an us versus them, it, us, us versus them. There's a lot 
you know, and, and it's one thing because you and I can relate on this living in Los Angeles, like LA is like the epitome of epitome this. Of like, that. it's like, you know, like people come here to become somebody as if they're not already somebody. Right. So that forces you to be in a due state to achieve an outcome so that you will get this, that, and the other notoriety, success, likability, fame, da, 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 all, all these different things. And at the end of the day, it's like you're really actually sacrificing your truth, you know, really who you really are, right? And who we really are, are we are reflections of each other. We are, you know, and I know that can be kind of a bit of an esoteric concept, so I won't go too deep in that, but we're, we're a communal world, right? Mm. But yet so much of American culture really separates people. And that's one thing I like about going back home to Chicago is because if we're getting like very specific in the mm. ge- you know, geography, is the Midwest has a very palpable community-oriented connection. People smile at each other, wave at each other, right? And, and, and this is for a handful of reasons, right? But LA, right, there's a lot of this, like, in your car, in your bubble, yeah. like, physical bubble, and in your mental bubble of, like, how do I become this person that I moved all the way across country or even down the state or up the state or over the state, mm. you know, or a few states over, like yourself, to become, right? And it's, like, if we can bring people back into a place of being, like, you already are the person you want to be. You might not mm. have the successes or the, you know, commas in your bank account, or the, you know, the name written on the credits of the movie or this, that, and the other, but you're already the person that you might not even be acknowledging that is so worthy of all the things that you're wanting and looking right. for. Um, but I think, again, I think American culture really pushes this, like, yeah, this, like, you know, go hard, go fast, go extreme. Mm. Whereas you look at the countries like Spain, they have a t- two-hour siesta in the middle of the day. We go like, literally, you're you're eating, you know, charcuterie and cheese and little plates and you're talking with your friends, drinking wine, taking your time, and then you're going to go have a nap and maybe you'll go back to work, you (laughs) know, maybe, maybe. And like, again, you know, that might be an extreme to a certain degree. But again, like if you pull a lot of people in European countries, especially, you know, the degree of people's happiness or contentment is much higher than in America. You know, I mean, these are their stats. You can look this stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think that, uh, again, there's a handful of different reasons why it is the way it is in American culture, but it, it needs to change. It really does. You know, it's a, it's a very capitalistic uh, society that we live in. Um, and uh, again, you know, yes, we should be able to earn to whatever degree money that we're capable of. And yet, you know, again, th- there needs to be harmony and balance because a lot of these systems are not working. Communism and, so, you know, um, socialism, as you see in Cuba and China, all of that shit is not working. But then a lot of like, you know, democratic nations like ourselves, you know, are not are not working either. I mean, we have the highest levels of obesity. We have the highest levels of, uh, you know, heart disease. We have the like, I mean, highest levels of uh, homicide. I mean, there's yeah. a re- like, come on, like if we're like such a, you know, we have the capability of such greatness in the country, but there are so many things that are off that are causing us to work harder not smarter, mm-hmm. be impatient, not find patience and balance, right? Because that's how you keep things moving. That's how you keep the the big machine in place. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so. some, we talked on this a little bit, some, you know, like, oh, I've been given so much here, or I'm getting to finally pursue my dream. I can't mess it up. 
So like, I can't take the day off. I can't hang out with my friends. Why would I take a two hour lunch to eat cheese? And it's like, I personally have realized this now for myself. I feel like it was a year and a half in post-college when I finally realized like, oh, actually me working like so hard to the point I was like completely drained. Like at some point I was actually starting to hurt the work I was doing instead of improving because like I was just so completely draining myself. But like, I was like, I've been given this chance. Like I can't mess it up. And it, I ended up, you know, somewhat hurting more chances because I was draining myself so badly, you know, and it's, it's very interesting too. Cause you said about, you know, going home to Chicago and people wave and, you know, are, are friendly and like here, like you can run into people in, I, I'll say a career environment. Cause this actually just happened to me. I ran into a girl I know from, um, a career out of a career environment and I know her from college and I, I didn't know her well, but like, I didn't say hi because I was kind of like, Ooh, this is a competitive moment. Like, I'm not going to say hi. And it's like, wait, why? And then like you check yourself later. It's crazy the amount of competitiveness. And, you know, I feel like I've paid my dues go on and on and on. It's just perpetuated so much. Um, So it's just like, how can you find the balance? And how do you personally find the balance day to day? Yeah, that's a great question. Great, nice, good little carry carry over from uh you know our, our prior you know uh little back and forth um yeah you know it's i think again as you just stated marley is you do need to go and find the extremes like you go you need to go and push the edge and see what the edge yields right and so the edge can be being hyper competitive and not saying hi to someone who's in the same you know field and same passion as you and be like wait how does that feel? Like, how does that feel in my heart? Does that feel like the, like, like the good, like a good thing to do? Does that feel like my truth and my essence? Or is that my ego talking, Right. you know? So you, but you have to go and explore that to then, you know, mm-hmm. rock back the other direction. So it doesn't matter what it is, right? Like you need to experience three hours of sleep or no hours of sleep because you're preparing for a big, um, you know, test the next day. Obviously that's your past life in college or you're, you know, you know, losing a bunch of sleep because uh, maybe you're partying too hard. Right. So it's the other end of the spectrum, like too too social, right? Right. Cause there's such thing as too social. Right. I mean, you get a lot of that in LA too, right. People just like parting their asses off and trying to like, be with all the, you know, who's who in the entertainment industry or whatever industry. And right. So right. you have to explore the stream extremes to see how that makes the nervous system and the body and the mind and the emotion and spirit feel the next day. Right. Like mm. no one pulls an all nighter and the next day. is like, Oh my God, I feel great. It's like, I'm so prepared for this like thing, or I feel so fun able to function well the next day. Like no right. one says that. I don't care who you are. And it's the same thing too. It's like no one goes through, um, you know, two weeks of like nonstop, uh, you know, education or training and like totally like blocking out every social engagement or personal hygiene thing so that they can get to the result and go, oh, I feel really good about this. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, sure. You might've just been preparing two weeks straight for a, you know, um, uh, you know, for an audition and get the job. And that might bring you a momentary, you know, bit of dopamine where you're like, ah, I got the job. I studied so hard, but it's great. But then you're like, I'm exhausted now. And I'm like, wait, did I get 
did I get this job and do it for the sake because like I really like it feels good on my heart or did I get it because I was so driven to like proving myself to like Mm -hmm. to somebody or proving myself to myself you know and again it's an important thing that's needed to explore right Mm -hmm. the same thing too with a really challenging like pushing your yourself to the edge where you're like puking or you're like passing out or your like legs are blown out. It's like you have to like experience that to be like, oh, wait, no, like this style of exercise is not conducive, right? Mm. I mean, right, you and I don't explore that edge because we don't need to because we realize what it's like already to push the edge in like consecutive days of ballet and then hip hop and going sure. to all these classes and you're like exhausted. You're like, I, by the time I get to my fourth class or fifth class in the week, my performance is shit, Good you day. know? So it's like, how? so how do we do these things in balance? Mm-hmm. And so then that's the answer. Your next question is the way in which I do that I create balance in my life is that, you know, I, I build my life upon my my three pillars of health and wellness which is movement optimization and recovery right and you know all about this but i'll share with the listeners is yes yes so it's you know first off is movement is the way in which we experience the world right Mm -hmm. you can't go to an audition unless you get up out of your chair and you walk to your car and then you drive to the audition and you're on stage and that's movement right Mm -hmm. so that will what we would be called that's process oriented movement. So you're moving the body to go through the process of getting from A to B, getting from your home to then getting to, you know, the studio, right? Or the place in which the audition is being held. So we need movement that is process oriented, right? Another Mm -hmm. form of process oriented movement would be dancing, right? And not Mm -hmm. going to a rehearsal dance, but dancing for the fun of it, like being in your room and just having fun with your girlfriends and like, you know, getting, you know, playing your favorite music and just like getting down, right? So you're not dancing for the sake of any approval or any outcome. You're dancing because it feels good and to move the body in very Mm -hmm. novel ways, very selfish ways. So outcome oriented movement is movement for the sake of an outcome. So that's a lot of what you and I do is we do lateral lunges to build up strength in the side of the legs. We do, you know, core exercises to build up a strong midsection so that you hold yourself up with more posture, right? So that when you present yourself at an audition, you have better core strength and you become more attractive from a way in which you carry yourself to those that are, you know, are judging your performance, right? So Mm -hmm. that's for a certain outcome. So that's the first pillar. And this is these are things that I do on the daily, not just for my clients and my students, but for myself. I make sure to move my body every day in whether it's an outcome or process-oriented approach. The second pillar is optimization. So these are doing things to optimize our human experience, our right mental body and the physical body. And so one of those would be tangible optimization strategies. So something tangible would be like food, right? Because you can grab an apple and you can bite into it, eat it. And then you're going to get vitamin A, vitamin E, you're going to get fiber, you're going to get all these other micronutrients that are good for optimizing your well-being, right? Mm -hmm. Because you got to eat healthy foods to be able to have a good, clear mind, right? To have a well-functioning microbiome and good gut health, as we know, we now know how important that is. So that would be a form of tangible optimization. Then on the flip side, we have intangible optimization. So that starts off with the mind. So thinking about what are the thoughts that we think, right? If you want to live 
an optimized human experience. If you tell yourself every single second of the day of I am not worthy of love, guess what your life is going to look like? Not worthy of love. Exactly. So we have to shift the intangibles within the mind to help us live a more dream affirmative and optimized life, right? And Mm -hmm. so we have to really work on a lot of reframing, changing the dialogue, right? So mantra, affirmation, right? Journaling, right? That would be an optimization strategy, right? So it's things that are a little bit more esoteric. And then it's also like, what things are we absorbing into our mind as well? What are the movies and the TV that we're watching? What are the podcasts that we're listening to? What are the smells that we're smelling? Do we have synthetic uh, things plugged into the wall that are spraying Mm -hmm. chemicals all over our place? Are we using you know, different um, endocrine disrupting, um, you know, hygiene products and cleaning, Mm. household cleaning products that affects our ability to optimize, right? So many people, they do all the movement stuff and they eat right, but they're using uh, products, um, you know, body washing products that are leaking chemicals into their lymph nodes, which can cause Mm. cancer. People don't realize this. So again, we have to look at both intangible and tangible means of optimization. Mm -hmm. Then the third and last pillar, which I think is probably the most important is recovery. Mm -hmm. And we can recover in two ways. First of which is passively, right? So recovery that is being done to us, right? Because we're a Mm. passenger, we're passive within it. We're Mm. not active. The most important one is one that you and I talk about a lot. And that is a very, very important thing for a lot of young people. If they want to crush it at whatever it is that they are passionate about, and that is sleep. Sleep is one of the most important forms of passive recovery, right? Because when you're sleeping, you're not actively doing it. You just fall asleep and all of the internal, you know, mechanisms that happen to help, right? Recover the brain, recover the nervous system are all happening. So if you're someone that wants to perform very well at whatever your career, passion, your interests in life are, you have to get a good night's sleep. You have to be able to recover so that you can be, you know, eloquent with your words and your mind is sharp when you're going on stage to do an audition, right? So that you're able to uh, manage numbers because you're in the, you know, financial uh, space and you're having to keep numbers for a certain company, uh, you know, all this, that, and the other. So that is a really important form of recovery, passive recovery. But then we also think about ways in which to recover our, um, you know, body as well. And that could be stuff like massage, acupuncture, cupping, Mm -hmm. cold and hot therapy, you know, things of the reflexology, all of those things are recovery strategies that are being done to you, right? So these are things that I incorporate on my day, you know, my week to week and, you know, uh, every month I go and see acupuncturists, I go and get massage, right? I go and I jump in the ocean to get some of that cold water thermogenesis, which is really good for your immune system, right? So then on the flip side, we have active recovery. So this is the recovery that you do to your body intentionally, you're actively doing it. And the thing that I'm most passionate about when it comes to health and wellness is my movement meditation called work in, right? So working inwards as opposed to working out, right? So work in is a practice that implements movement, breath, and connection. It's a great way to regulate the nervous system, right? So the nervous system is a big part of 
uh, our human experience. It's one of the systems in the body, like the skeletal system, muscular system, uh, endocrine system, hormonal system. The nervous system tells us of basically, are we in a state of rest and digest, right? Relaxation, what we call parasympathetic state, right? Or are we in a state of sympathetic or fight or flight or flee, right? Mm -hmm. That's when we're drinking coffee, going from one rehearsal to the other. We're, we're constantly overstimulated and in a sympathetic state generally. And what happens when you're in that sympathetic state is that your immune system breaks down, AKA makes you more susceptible to diseases and a very uh, in popular trendy virus right now that we all might know called COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're in a sympathetic state and you're constantly wearing yourself down, guess what? You become more susceptible to getting COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why practices like working and other meditation and movement practices that are very light and easy help you regulate your nervous system, which helps with your hormonal system, your immune system, skeletal system, all of that, right? Mm -hmm. So it makes you what I like to call anti-fragile, right? So you mm -hmm. don't break when a bacteria or a virus or someone honking the horn at you or cutting you off, you know, you know, shifts your state of, of balance, right? right? And then some other forms, another one of your favorite forms of active recovery is foam rolling with the roller, right? With a yoga tune-up ball, it's another great way of active recovery, tapping, right? So working the lymphatic system and creating good chi and blood flow through the lymphatic system, which is your detoxifying system. So that would be the form of, uh, um, or the last pillar, uh, which is recovery. So when we implement the movement optimization and recovery, we get what everyone is searching for and that's energy, right? Mm -hmm. right? So that's why I call it the more system movement optimization and recovery equate to energy. But when you have the energy through those three pillars, you're in more harmony and balance, right? Most people right. they're like, Oh, it's the patient culture. They go, oh, I need more energy. Two, three cups of coffee, right? Right. Red Bull, five hour energy, right? Um, you know, God knows, you know, what other crazy things people do for energy. So when you implement those strategies, you come to a more balanced, harmonious state so you can function and move to the world in a responsive state as opposed to a reactive state. Right. So I know that was a long answer to your question, but you asked me, how do I balance and patience and harmony. It's through those three pillars of living that I teach to all of my clients, all of my students. Yeah. Right. We love that. So I'll, I'm, I have another question for you. We've touched on it a teeny bit, but in your mind, what is the definition of hard work over working hard? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, I mean, again, I don't really, and I mean, I can, again, associate the word hard with work, because when we think about work, we're already putting ourselves in a mental framework of this is something I have to do, right? Mm -hmm. And then we think about hard, we think about challenging. We think about rigid. We think about like something like this top of this cap. This is hard, right? It's not malleable. There's not a lot of room for creation here. It's just stuck. It's, it's matter. So when I think about work that is more dream affirmative, I think about either smart work or effective work as opposed mm -hmm. to working harder. Right? right. So I like smart work as opposed to working harder. 
So what that really comes down to is structure and systems. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of thing. This is a big thing. And this is really hits on your target demographic. All of you that are listening to this right now, you're going to appreciate this. And again, you can come to me and direct message me. And you know, I'm sure Marley will add in like whatever yes. website, social media handle, and work on this with you, but is creating such systems and structure at as young of an age as possible. And this is something that Marley and I have worked on for a while. And Marley, you can attest to this. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have structures and systems, ones that are realistic, right? And sustainable, you're able to be more effective and smart when it comes to your work or your dreams. See, I like effective, smarter dreams, Mm. right? Opposed to working harder, right? Because at the end of the day, and you and I have talked a lot about this, what it is that you do that would be should that is deemed work should actually be your dream. Mm -hmm. So when you're living your dream and you're leaning into your dream, it shouldn't feel like work. It should feel like maybe challenging it sometimes. It should feel agitating and mm-hmm. hard, but it should never really be work, right? You want to be right. able to do something the rest of your life that you're excited and passionate about. So even if it does feel hard, mm-hmm. right, or it feels easy or it feels efficient, or the full spectrum of human experience that we want to relate to what it is that we do, going back to your first question. It should be something that you do that doesn't really feel like work, even though it might be hard, it might be challenging Mm -hmm. at times. And the way that we do that is first do the thing that we love and be able to choose and accept all of the emotions and challenges and excitements and, you know, ups and downs and all arounds that come with that. And the best way to do that is first getting clear on what your dream is. And then when you get clear on what your dream is, is you set systems and structures in place so that you can live a more balanced life where your dream, or as we communicated it initially, your work Mm -hmm. is in that flow of your systems and structure of your life. Right. Yeah. That's very, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, and you, I also think you have to make those systems and like at different stages and seasons of your life, you have to learn to adjust them, which is goes back to the whole spinning plate thing. Like you've got to be able to keep them all going. And, you know, if you're at the complete brink of stress, you can't adjust your systems. You can't do the systems. You can't keep all the plates spinning. So, you know, and I think it all goes back to something we talk a lot about, which is, you know, at the end of the day, your work is who is not who you are. It's what you do. So it's like, if you can't be you first, you can't balance all these things and, you know, keep up with your systems and work the things. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a lot to unpack in a way. I feel like we're just like scratching the very, yeah. I mean, this, yeah. Yeah. This conversation could be a whole podcast series in and of itself. I mean, cause we're hitting on so many elements. I mean, you can do, you could have a whole podcast just on mental health. You could have a whole podcast right. on just this and living your dream. You can, I mean, again, so we're, there's a lot to this. I think the most important thing though, within all of this, for all those that are listening that are you know, in your younger years and you're navigating, you know, your place in the world is, you know, just remember is coming back to cultivating an understanding of who you are. That's the most important thing that you can do in this world is like, 
what are qualities, what are characteristics, what are traits, what are ways of being that resonate with you, mm-hmm. right? If someone tells you they're going to call you and they call you on the dot, on that exact time a week later, you're going to go, wow, I really appreciate that person honoring their word. Well, guess what? You're someone that appreciates integrity. Mm -hmm. So being in integrity is going to be a very high quality of yours or one that you really appreciate, one that's going to be easy for you to follow through on because you felt a very positive way in receiving that from someone else. So those are the things that you really want to work on first and foremost. We measure too much on people's successes of their notoriety, their accolades, their money, their aesthetics. It's like we need to be acknowledging people for their ways of being like, Mm. wow, look at this person. Like they like help that old woman across the street or wow, look at this person. Like they like really went out of their way and they put money on the table to, um, you know, put this person into rehabilitation, you know, because they love them. Right. So it's like these qualities that are, you know, things like kindness, sweetness, grace, uh, peace of mind, right? All of that. Like we don't acknowledge any of that stuff. Like Mm. that needs to be applauded and not like, oh my God, like look at her, like how ripped her six pack is. Like she's so sexy. And it's like, yeah, but she might be a bitch, right? Right. Like, does that really make someone sexy because they have shooting muscles? And like, no, it doesn't. But our society acknowledges that, Right. And that's so something it's up, it's up to us. It's definitely up to us to change it. And it's, it's definitely something like, I feel like when you spend so much time with the self and carrying balance and, you know, focusing on yourself first, I think it can make you really confident, not have an ego that they're very different, but then like, then you walk into those rooms and, or, you know, places that meeting to get that job, whatever. And you've already dealt with yourself so much. People feel that. And when I see it all the time and I have mixed feelings about it because like I love hard workers because I'm definitely a hard worker and I I see it. But sometimes when people are working so hard, you're so desperate and you're so not together with yourself, you can kind of push people away. Um, And so that's why I think that whole taking care of the self, having the systems and, you know, being a good person just at your core will then lead to confidence in getting what you actually want. Very complicated. <laughs> bingo, 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 bingo. And, and you said a big one too, being, mm. being, right? Mm. When, when do we ever just be, right? It's like, I could go and I can, you know, flip on, uh, you know, a movie or I can go and like work on a screenplay or I could go and, uh, you know, go drink with friends. But when do you just actually sit with yourself in right. stillness and allow yourself to feel your feelings, think your thoughts, right? Uh, be aware of your, you know, pain in your hip or your tight hamstring. Like we don't be enough. We're always in the doing, do, 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 do. But because it's oftentimes where we haven't reconciled what's in us. Mm. And that's why self-care and taking good care of understanding and becoming the person that you're meant to be by way of being is so important, right? Because you want to be able to sit still with yourself so that like, you know, when the partner, you know, if the, if, and when the partner breaks up with you, you still love you and you feel good about you and you know, your worth mm-hmm. when the, you know, the job uh, that you thought you had, cause you got to the third round of auditions, you made it through all the cuts. And all of a sudden the director's like, right now nah, we're actually going to someone who looks just like you. It's not as talented as you, but 
we're going to pick them anyways because they had right. more pull because their mom was connected and as a director too. I'm sorry. You're still going to be like, I know who I am. I know my skills. I know my gifts. Boom. Centered and grounded in my being. Like this is, this is, these are the ways of being that need to be acknowledged. But again, they're not because they're not sexy. They're intangible, right? They're not like, you can't measure that, right? Someone can measure the inches of my biceps or the height of my stature and make that more appealing. But like, no one can look at you, Marley, and go, wow, I really am like able to measure your like your peace of mind. Oh, like mm-hmm. I really noticed that you're feeling really like, you know, your self-worth is feeling really high. It's hard to measure that. Like, sure, you can exude a certain energy, but you know, some people put that shit on too. Some people mm-hmm. put on a smile or like they've got a good way to manipulate their external expression, but inside they're just stewing or suffering deeply and not asking for help, you know? And so again, that's one thing that I really appreciate you about you is that your and people this has become a popular word and phrase to use in the in the self-care and in the health and wellness space but is it doing the work mm-hmm. i fucking hate that term because <laughs> we're already doing the work by way of our jobs and by way of all this i like to call it the living into your truth mm-hmm. right and you marley are living into your truth by way of investing in yourself by, you know, having me as a support system and guide and coach for you by having all the other people that are guides and support systems and ones that are kind of like the, like, you know, the um, guardrails, like along the path that is your life, right? So that you're not going down the gutter, right? So it's like, right. boom, you're able to, you know, you get to that guardrail and it hits, but then, oh, boom, okay, get you right back on path. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, big acknowledgement, you know, oh for living into truth. Oh my gosh. Well, Sebi, I could say very much the same about you. You have really, I don't know, stepped into doing exactly what you were always meant to do. And it, you know, you started one place and you evolved it deeper and deeper and deeper, and you're just still going. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing with us all your amazing wisdom, even though we just touched on the tip of it. We'll have to definitely do a part two at some point where you talk about all things more in depth. But tell everybody where we can find you um, and everything about you. Yeah, no doubt. Well, again, thank you. It's an honor to be on here. And uh, yeah, I appreciate all those that are are listening. And um, to those that are listening, before I share a bit about, you know, contact points and touch points, uh, I just want to let you know that you all are already it, right? You are already it. It doesn't take a big success. It doesn't take a uh, acknowledgement from someone in whatever field or industry that you're in. You're already it. So know that and continue to lean into that and feel into the awareness that you are already it. There's nothing more that you need. You already are enough. Doesn't mean that you can't continue to develop and grow in whatever areas in which you desire to, but you're already there. Just remember that. So with that said, if you want to reach me and find me, um, I'm on Instagram like most human beings. Uh, and you can find me uh, at Sevi Mangrum, which is S-E-V-E-M-A-N-G-R-U-M. And then my website is Evokai Health, which is E-V-O-K-I Health, H-E-A-L-T-H.com. And pretty much from there, you can you know find all the other you know means in which to connect with me. But those are the two, um, you know, 
most predominant ways to, to touch base. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you so much, Chevy, for being on the podcast. And we'll see you next week. Guys, as always, thank you so much for listening and such a big thank you to Sevi for everything you have done for me and also for coming on the podcast. You are literally the best. I don't know where I would be mentally, physically, emotionally without you. So thank you so much for sharing your kind wisdom. And don't forget to check Sevi out on Instagram and check out his upcoming workshop, Workin. Everything is in the show notes of this podcast, if you didn't already know, so I'll have all the links there for you. Thank you guys for listening so much, and we'll see you next week.